I'm Lauren Clash-Schneider with Clash Notes for Broadway Radio. I'm here with Hunter Foster, director of The Other Josh Cohn, playing off-Broadway at the Westside Theater. Hello and welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks for taking the time. And we're just going to dive right in talking about The Other Josh Cohn, which of course follows Josh a good guy caught in a lifelong battle with bad luck who receives a mysterious letter in the mail that might just change his life. Yeah. Tell us, Hunter, how you came attached to this hilarious new musical comedy. Um, well, you know, I, I uh, worked with Steve Rosen um, on many, many shows. Uh, we had, uh, I, I directed him in a, in a, in a, a few shows, and so we, we, we had worked together. And when they were doing the show, trying to remount it at Jiva in Rochester, um, the Jiva Theater, which is a great regional theater in Rochester, New York, um, which is actually Steve's hometown, um, he, he reached out to me about directing it there. And, uh, you know, I didn't know much about it. I, I knew that it, it had received a lot of attention and, and awards back when it first uh, came out. And, uh, and then when I read it and, and got to know it and realized how special this and original this show was, I was like, I would love to be part of it and love to direct it. So um, mm -hmm. we, we I went up to Rochester and we spent a, a really cold and snowy January and February um, <laughs> putting the show up at Jiva. And uh, it was sort of a really great experience. And I knew that they had, they were, they were tinkering with some new stuff from their runs. You know, they, had, they obviously did it in Soho and did it at Paper Mill and, and mm -hmm. so we, it was sort of a first chance to look at like a, a new opening number and some new bits and stuff that they had um, wanted to put in. So it was a great it was a great trial run for us to do at Jiva. Oh, that's so great! Now you've you've mentioned David Rossmer and Steve Rosen as, of course, the creators of the show, but also actors in the show. And mm -hmm. talk a little bit about the process of working with creator slash writers in that rehearsal room. Um, you know, it's it's a uh, it it was definitely the first time I'd ever done something like that. But I think the good thing is that because I'd already had a prior relationship, especially with Steve, um, you know, I think going, if we if I'd have gone into it with people that I didn't know, I think would have been more difficult because. But the, the, I'd already have had a shorthand with Steve. Um, I already, you know, so then we were we sort of were more like collaborators as opposed, you know, and you sort of have to be because that's their interpretation of their work. So, you know, you, you, you consult, you consult with them obviously as creators. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the, the thing is, is that Steve and Dave already have such a great um, rapport with each other that it sort of can't be replicated. So that was already inherent. So the, 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 our job, so a lot of that just needed to sort of just kind of be as is. So, you know, it, it wasn't necessarily trying to, uh, obviously we worked on moments and things with the two of them, but it was more sort of like, you know, the three of us, three of us need to, we're spending the majority of our time of collaborating and, and looking at the overall picture of, of how the, the show was, uh, the overall show, as opposed to, you know, worrying about their performances. I knew their performances would take care of themselves. So <laughs> it was more, you know what I mean? So I think that we were, we were uh, collaborating together and, and looking at the overall picture of the entire show. Uh-huh. Well, and with you as well as them being what I would call hyphenates, you, of course, coming to directing formally and perhaps in the future as an actor, mm -hmm. what enlightens, changes, comes into the room differently, perhaps, with your background as an actor in working with 
creator actors? Well, I think, like I said, we, we're, we're all sort of um, peers of one another. So I think that mm -hmm. we have a, like I said, we have a shorthand with each other. Um, I think that, um, you, you know, uh, also coming from a place of, you know, I'm also a writer as well. So uh, there were certain, we were, we all sort of have worn many different hats. So we, we were all able to come in and look at, like I, I would suggest cuts to the script or ch changes in the script as well. And, you know, and, and, and they would come in with different ideas about, you know, uh, maybe how certain things would be, you know, directorial things. So like we, I felt like it was a very sort of um, collaborative uh, process. Um, and also, like I said, knowing how, you know, the, the thing that I always feel like is to my advantage as a director is I sort of, um, you know, you, every actor is different. Every creative person is different. Um, yeah. So there's no formula for how people approach acting, or because mm -hmm. everyone everyone's needs are different. Everyone wants different things. Everyone wants to work in different ways. So, you know, my knowing knowing that I always, as an actor, I know that um, I have to approach every actor and every person differently. And so, um, I think that because of being because of me being an actor, I think is is uh, uh, it's a it's a great advantage because then you can understand the psychology of what it's like to be an actor. Right, right. Well, staying with the acting thread for a moment, the supporting ensemble plays a dizzying amount of characters throughout the 90 minutes and serves as the backup band. How did you navigate constant changes and transitions with such, let's say, complexity? Oh, God. Um, you know, mm -hmm. the good thing is we, we were able to work a figure a lot of things out at Jiva. Yeah. Um, now, Jiva was a much bigger theater, much bigger space, and the complexity of trying to, it's a big, it's a big puzzle, and it's, you know, I, no one would ever quite want to know how things work backstage, because it's a, it's a very complicated show for an off-Broadway show, um, because you are playing multiple instruments and switching off instruments. There are certain moments when people hand an instrument to someone, uh, there's certain things that happen off stage where some, we're tracking instruments. So the instrument tracking is extremely difficult um, and complicated. <laughs> um, but I had a great, I had a great, great team to really help me. You know, um, uh, Rebecca McBee is my stage manager, and Whitney G. Bally, who's uh, my associate director and musical stager. They were both so helpful in figuring out how the tracking and all that stuff because it's it's very comp complex. Um, and it took a while to figure out, but uh, uh, you know we had. When you have a great uh, group of people, a great group of actors who can, they can also help problem solve for you as well. They can sit there and say, you know what, I can take this guitar backstage and hand it off to someone else. And you know, so, and the other thing is, you know, there is going from a, a, a big space like Jiva to a smaller space like at the West Side is, yeah. you know, in trying to figure out how that musical staging can work. And there's also two poles in the middle of the stage <laughs> that that you have to you have to navigate around. Um, but I always say when you sort of, you know, staging sort of comes about in the room um, with the phys once you see the physical space, the what the actors can do, um, you sort of what it all sort of just sort of um, you can plan. But I I know and we plan to a certain extent, but then there's there's a lot of uh, creative things that happen in the room, and I'm a big believer in that because if if you if you if you have a plan and you're, and you're like, nope, I'm going to stick to this plan, sometimes you're negating a lot of wonderful things that can 
that can happen in the creative process. So mm-hmm. we, we, we would come in with an idea, but then some, mo- most often that idea would morph into something else. And also, mm-hmm. it would also, we would always come in a little more, com- things being a little more complicated and then realizing that the simpler idea is always better. Thinking back to the transition from the large stage at Jiva to the West Side Arts with the poles, are there any examples that you could share about how something really changed dramatically and being open to it and creative allowed it to happen? Um, let me think. Um, well, we weren't quite sure... Uh, we weren't quite. There was a. Oh, there's so, there so many. We weren't quite sure <laughs> how the, these. The, so, so the west side downstairs has these two poles on stage, right. and so I. We can talk about those because I, I didn't quite know how we were going to utilize them, um, and so they sort of helped define the space of the apartment. And so originally we thought, okay, we'll we'll put the, the apartment inside the poles, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and. Um, but then we realized, oh, that that really shrinks the space. So then we opened it up a bit. So then these poles became like these sort of great little entrances and exits, these magical uh, entrances and exits. And also, um, so we sort of we, we use them to our advantage. And then we also hit a hit. We hit a lot of things behind them. So there's a lot of props and stuff <laughs> that comes out of these this, these boxes and our poles. Um, uh-huh. The big thing, one 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 of the big things that sort of happened is we, you know, we in Jiva all the instrumentations people sort of the the instruments were sort of in the, the, the apartment and at west side we really sort of put the instruments and stuff on the outside so the apartment could be com- sort of completely empty of, of space of uh, uh so mm-hmm. there, we had two two delineations of space we had the apartment in the center and on the sides we had what we call neil world which is the, sort of the neil diamond world of, of instruments so that was a big change once we got there um but i think you know there was there was many many moments where uh, I think the the most the big one of the big examples of so at Jiva we had an open window where Neil comes through and Neil just sort of like came through the window. <laughs> well, yeah. at 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 West Side we had a, um, a light box that was in the window. Uh huh. So when Neil when when Josh opens the window, there's a light box there. It's not an open space. And so we were like, okay, how do we do this? And then we just thought, you know what? Just slide the, lo- the light box open. Like have Neil preset behind the light box. Have the light box just slide away. Don't, don't sort of hide anything. Just sh- it, and so this light box of New York City, which is, looks like New York City streets, just sort of slides away and reveals Neil as if it's some sort of like advent calendar. And... Uh, you know, it's, that that was a thing we didn't know. I didn't quite know how we were going to do that until we got into the space, and that that it just told us that okay, that's it's sort of stupid that this we're going to even though this, we've been looking at this light box and it's supposed to re- represent the outside world, we're just going to slide slide it away and reveal Neil, and that sort of and it became a, a fun thing. So things yeah. like that, I just yeah, they happen they happen a lot, and, and sometimes they're better ideas than what you originally had. An amazing, wonderful solution, and and you know, of course, not having seen the Jiva production, just really delightful to hear how you created this other environment for the smaller space. So, thank you for that. Um, last question: 
The New York Times calls the other Josh Cohn a charming morality tale about the value of persistence, touching on real issues without pummeling them. Talk a little bit about the actual content of the show and its resonance perhaps for you and the audience. Well, you know, I think um, it could, you know, I think what's what's interesting about it is is um, I I sort of when we sort of started, you know, there's I usually give like a word that we sort of um, follow. Um, I had uh-huh. a really great trick to tell, tell me that if you sort of narrow it down to one word, you can sort of uh, that could be your sort of light that you follow. And so I oh. you know I Bashar could be yeah. obviously a, is a word that's used a lot in the show, um, <laughs> but I I thought I thought it's a, it, I thought it's hope you know. That's mm. the that's the it's the hope that there's going to be a better day tomorrow, and that's what uh-huh. keeps people that that's what keeps people sort of going in life is knowing that there's there there you know there could be a better day tomorrow, and mm. you know that's that's what um, I think the the Josh Cohen ultimately is about is about you know um, there's a song called Hang On, and it's all about hope. It's all about saying uh-huh. that you know. Things may be, you know, not great, but you know, just hang in there because there, there'll be a, there'll be a better day. And uh-huh. you know, it sounds, it sounds like a Michael Jackson song, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe, oh, maybe I shouldn't say anything. Maybe I shouldn't mention Michael Jackson, but uh, it's, but it's true. It's just like there's, um, it's just like there's, there, there could be a, if you just hang in there, that uh, you know. Tomorrow could be a better day, and it's true. You know, it's all the, the things that happened to him, and all the bad things that happened to him. Uh, he hang, just stay persistent, and and it'll it'll all pay off. Because he's a good guy, and that was the thing we we always mm-hmm. talked about. You know, mm-hmm. and I think that's what's so frustrating is that he is a good guy, and you you think that like, well, if I just if I'm a good guy and I'm nice to people and I do things the right way, then my life is going to work out. And you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you go through stints where you know, just because you're a good guy, it, it doesn't pay off. Um, but then ultimately it does, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Like, and that's sure. what frustrates him because he, he, he's trying to do the, the right thing and it just is not working out. But ultimately by doing the right thing, it does pay off eventually. And he just had, and I think it's, it's realizing that hope is, uh, is hanging on to that hope that things will change. Oh. Thank you for sharing that, and thank you for your time, Hunter. Great. Thank you. I'm Lauren Klaschneider with Hunter Foster, director of The Other Josh Cohn, playing off-Broadway at the Westside Theater through April 7th. Thank you.